most companies only focus on their high intent leads. If you look at all of the people who are contacting you or interested in your product or service, 10% of them are a high intent, meaning they're ready to go now. A big percentage of those are low intent. They're interested, they may be customers at some point, but it's going to take you some work to get there. I can't tell you how many companies, both in the service industry as well as e-commerce, SaaS, you name it, make the mistake of only focusing on low-hanging fruit, those high-intent, ready-to-go customers. And now this isn't just true for smaller companies, by the way. We've seen a ton of mid-sized and larger companies fall into this trap. Let me show you why this is an absolutely massive fail. If you're a newer business, I get it. You may not have the bandwidth or the resources to tackle every single lead or prospect that comes your way. So you focus on what is most likely to turn into profits right away. If you're in a service business, these are customers who you know are super interested and likely to close. If you're in the e-com world, this is less intentional and more of a situational thing where you're ignoring those who engage or click but don't convert. You may be retargeting a little bit or doing something, but you're not really focusing on them like you are focusing on those who are going to convert right away. If you're only focusing on these high intent people, you end up on a hamster wheel where you're running in circles and constantly looking for new business month to month. But those lower intent leads are a goldmine that you need to tap into. There's a lot of money in that bucket and most companies are not paying attention to it and missing out on massive profits because of it. We know that when it comes to advertising and marketing, those who are ready to convert usually are the smallest piece of the pie. What I mean is like, Those people that are going to see an ad and either buy a product or sign up for a service right away because they're ready to go, those are the smaller percentage of people on the spectrum of all of those who are going to buy your product. So now the percentage basis of these leads will vary based on the industry or the market, but let's just use like 10% as an example, right? So if you have the potential to convert 100% of people you attract 10% of those are those who are going to convert right away. Now, in the e-com space, that would be an astronomically wild number. I'm just using this as a number to illustrate a point. So if 10% of those who enter your ecosystem through advertising and marketing efforts will become customers within 90 days, what happens to the other 90%, right? So in most cases, the largest group of prospective buyers are those who are interested but it's going to take some work. So let's say that group of people is 50% of those who are going to come in and the remaining 40%, they're never going to buy. They're either budget unqualified or whatever the reason is, they're never going to become customers, even though they may have some mild level of interest in your product. That means you're working with 60% in this scenario. So if you're driving 1,000 interested users a month and 10% are high intent, that's 100 sales. But that also means you have 500 potential buyers in the lower bucket that you're just ignoring if we assume that number is 50%. If you fast forward a year with that same formula, you've done 1,200 sales from your high intent buyers, but you've got 6,000 people in your low intent bucket. If you had strategies in place to target those lower intent buyers over time, you're going to start to convert them. If you netted a conversion rate of 5% by going after those people, that's an additional additional 25 sales a month and an additional 300 sales a year. This is how you build a pipeline. 
You don't only focus on what's in front of you. Make sure you're paying attention to those people in different stages of the buying process. Now, I use the 10% and 50% numbers um, as well as the conversion rate numbers just to illustrate the point. It's going to be vastly different for each one of you, and you should be paying attention to what your specific numbers are so that you can do the math for yourself, right? Like there's service businesses that convert 15 to 20% of the leads that come in. There's e-commerce businesses that convert 5%, 2%, 1% of the leads. So based on your industry, it's going to shift. But I'm trying to emphasize the point that those who have interest and are not ready now are a bigger group of people generally than those who convert right away. And oftentimes, if you only focus on those immediate conversions, your business will not be successful. So let's talk about some strategies to target those lower intent leads. I want to talk about some practical things you can implement, but first let's get into the foundational element behind converting these prospects into sales. It's so important for you not to just think about why someone would buy your product or sign up for your platform or you know hire you for a service, but to also think about the reasons that would be holding someone back. We do this exercise here at Stark where every time we have a new client, I ask them, what are the reasons someone won't buy your product or service? Like, why would someone not buy this? Why would someone not go with you? And usually, I'm greeted with blank stares and silence. I get it. You know, most most businesses focus on why people should become customers. They don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about why someone wouldn't be a customer but you should do so, you know? So I'll usually throw something out just to get the conversation going. Like I would say something like, are you cheaper than your competition? Are you more expensive than your competition? I usually know the answer before I ask this because we do research on the competitors of our clients, but it'll get the conversation flowing. And once the conversation starts flowing, the truth will start coming out, right? Like, so you will have people listing out all sorts of things that are causing buying resistance. And I'll start listing all of these things out on a whiteboard. So it could be things like we're more expensive than our competition. People are skeptical about the claims we're making. They don't fully understand the value we provide. They're confused by our messaging. Some of them get it. Some of them don't get it. It'll be a myriad of things. And we'll just list all those things out on a whiteboard. This is where you will have to analyze your business, your marketing efforts, and figure out where the buying friction is, right? Like when you see all of the different reasons someone may not go with you, it will lead you to the path of figuring out how you need to communicate with people to overcome those objections. So before you go into any sort of like execution strategies about how you're going to target these people, you need to understand like you know they're interested what is stopping them from taking that next step in purchasing? And you need to be able to address those points. You also need to be able to figure out like what the medium is and how you're going to communicate with the audience in a manner that's going to alleviate these concerns. So is it going to be video? Is it going to be blog posts? Is it going to be image ads? Is it going to be email? Is it going to be organic content because they followed you on Instagram or TikTok or somewhere else instead of making a purchase? It could be, you know, and or plus you know, another variation of things. But those are all going to be the things that you're going to want to think about.
Another thing I want to mention is having a CRM or another tool that allows you to manage the different people in the various stages of your pipeline is essential to this process. I can't tell you how many companies do not have the organizational structure or capacity in place to understand who is where and who are the different people in the various stages. Like This is important in both service businesses and e-commerce businesses. A CRM, client or customer relationship manager, keeps you organized and helps you manage, nurture, and grow those relationships with customer, existing customers and prospective customers. In a service business, you want to make sure you have all of your prospects and leads in a CRM, and you want to tag them based on the stage that they're in. If you want to know who you were never able to get in touch with, who you sent proposals to that ended up ghosting you, and essentially who everyone is that has been in contact with you in some capacity and the stage that they're in. With an e-com business, you want to track who's engaged with your ads but didn't convert, who subscribed to your email but didn't buy, who put something in a cart and then abandoned, and whatever else you can track. This way, you can keep track of your customers, but you can also identify those in the pipeline who you should be targeting. You can think about like strategies of how you're going to target these people, but if you don't know who lives where, it's all immaterial. One of the top ways for converting people who are interested into actual customers is email marketing and or SMS marketing. I love email marketing and SMS marketing for converting lukewarm prospects. These are people who are interested enough to give you contact information, but they're not yet ready to purchase. You want to capture these people and you want to make that a point of emphasis. If you approach your business with the understanding that not everyone will buy in from day one and you're going to have to work to convert certain people, it'll change your mindset on how you approach marketing your company. I'm sure you've seen a ton of websites where they just there's just a random email sub somewhere on the site, right? It says something like, join our mailing list. Like, why the heck would anyone do that? You have to give something of value and shouldn't always necessarily be centered around buying unless the offer is so great that it will turn someone who would be a non-buyer into a buyer. Not all offers are really offers. They just act like offers, but they really offered nothing except to those who are already going to buy. Like if you're saying sign up for a free quote, but you're in in an industry where everyone offers a free quote, why would anybody care? If you're selling a $500 product and you're offering a coupon for $20 off if they subscribe, you're only going to capture those who are going to buy anyway. No one who was not going to buy at $500 is going to buy that $500 product because you're offering $20 off, right? You're going to get the person who is already going to buy who's like, I may as well sign up for this thing so I can get this for $480 instead of $500. So you have to make the reason they opt in either through SMS or email or both something that will appeal to those who are in the interested stage as well not just those who are going to purchase right away. Finally, like you should be paying attention to retargeting, right? Like you should 100% be retargeting those who engaged with your ads as well as those who hit your website but didn't convert. The key will be figuring out what messaging will be and how you're going to address the buying resistance. But if you did the work I already talked about earlier, 
you should have a good idea of the direction you need to go in. I love retargeting. It's cheap. You get to really saturate your audience um, in a lot of different places. You've got a lot of mediums to hit them with. Display is super cheap. They can see you on all their favorite websites. You can hit them with videos on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and you can really push the message. You can also retarget existing customers, by the way, sidebar with new products or service offerings, depending on what makes sense. Again, I can't emphasize enough that actually launching retargeting campaigns and email campaigns, that's the easy part, right? Like Meta and Google, it's their business model to get advertisers to spend on the platform, and they make it very easy for you to spend money with them. A few, a few clicks and you know an hour or so, and you're live. The hard part is not launching retargeting. It's figuring out what you need to communicate with those who are interested but have not cross the finish line. Anyway, I hope you all have found this helpful. When you're just starting off, I get that you may be focusing on these low-hanging fruit, and it may even make sense for a season. You may not have the bandwidth or the resources to diversify your marketing strategy, or you may not have the ability to fulfill its scale, but have it top of mind because that's the direction you want to grow into. If you're more established, you can't just focus on those high-intent buyers. You've got to diversify and have strategies for different stages in the buying process. That's how you get out of the month-to-month grind of searching for new businesses and really scale. Most businesses fail because they don't create a predictable, replicable sales process. Focusing on this will help you not be one of those companies.